1: What is up, roto NFL Pick 6 show? Week number 15, usual suspects as always. Two of the absolute best in the business. You got Rich Rebar from Sharp Football Analysis. You got John Daigle from 4 for 4. We're all playing a little bit hurt, a little bit injured, a little bit under the weather. We all have various elements. We're happy to be here. Uh, Happy to talk about Week 15. Do want to give a shout out right at the top to our Week 14 winner, the Listener League winner. That is BJS. Five, zero, nine, zero, two, one. Uh, I guess BJS59020 was already taken. Uh, congratulations. Hit me up on the Twitter at uh, DFS underscore Almanac. Hit us up on the YouTube comment section. Hit me up somewhere. Let me know. We'll get you a month free. We'll get you juiced up with a month free of Roto-Grinders Premium. Uh, going to run it back once again this week. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link to the new contest in the YouTube chat, we'll probably have it posted there on YouTube as well. While you're getting uh the, the contest, also feel free to hit like and to subscribe and do all those things to help us keep the lights on. Uh John, uh it's been uh well, how how was week 14? How are things? I know we discussed, but we'll pretend like we didn't. Uh, how are how are things in your world, John? Everything all
2: right? Everything going well. Uh, we are at the time of the year where you go out to dinner with friends and you wake up the next morning with an itchy throat and you think, oh no, it's uh, it's just that time of the year. And the, oh no was the worst case scenario for me. So it's been a strenuous weekend to say the least, but that's usually means one that you just lay on the couch and catch up on movies. I got I got wiped off our movie, for instance, Silent Night, uh, the one from 2021 with Keira Knightley <laughs> turns out. The one we'll talk about it at the end, but I knocked out that one on Saturday afternoon this week, which is much earlier than my usual schedule because I couldn't do anything. So this is my first live appearance on video actually since last Friday morning too. Uh it's been a good one. So here we are. Yeah, too good of a birthday. Too good of a birthday, yeah. That's another excuse.
1: <laughs> What's up, Rich? How's uh how are things in your world? Uh how was week fourteen? Uh, this is a time where you're supposed to heat up? Uh, this is when you kind of call your shot, and you know you yeah, say yeah. start taking on the tournaments with us. And to be fair, we should say uh, shout out to John. He's a uh, back-to-back week. So He'll be recommending a movie, uh, not just recommending a movie that we have to watch and discuss on the next week's show. He'll be assigning us with a movie. Feel shout to out play along at home.
2: Shout out to Naked Brock Party. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, possible MVP. Maybe I think it's Dak. We'll see. Just as long as Dallas wins this
3: week, stay tuned on that uh rich what's up it was not nothing man it's it's been incredible this like last six weeks have been absolutely phenomenal uh shout out to my guy james cook immediately getting me there uh the you know, first drive of the game and then the Bills forgot he existed in the second half but the damage was done james cook did what he needed to do early in that game but no it's just, it was another great week uh we've got four full ones left i'm at the point now where it's like it started to be fun like real fun again because you started to like you know you, you win uh, money for a few weeks, and you're like, well, man, there's only four left. What am I going to do? Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at right now.
1: Are we contractually obligated to like mention or discuss our best ball teams and our shares and our advance rate and all that kind of stuff? Just because we're on a I don't podcast check. talking football. I
3: don't Say it check. again, Rich. I don't check. I have no idea how they're doing. Oh, Mike, you're a crazy person. How do you how do you, <laughs> do that? you have no curiosity. I, know, I have absolutely do. not one clue, except for I know me and Pete Overz yeah. had a team that we drafted on stream together that was doing good. And it's the only team that I know that was even in it. That's I haven't checked mine at all.
2: My yeah, favorite is good. that it's not that you're just check, not checking now. And then you're going to check championship weekend. You actually just forget championship weekend too. And you won't check till next year sometime.
3: I mean, if I win, someone will let me know. Like if I won the whole thing, someone would tell me like, <laughs> uh, I would like that wouldn't be elusive. I'm just going to randomly DM you just congratulations. And like,
1: I have no idea if you won or not. We'll and be like a big jerk. Uh but, uh but i had
3: a team yeah. in the finals last year and didn't know it and then i went back into like two teams this year i had like money i had like a bunch of miles where does money come from <laughs> it's also uh <laughs> the start of a
1: season-long playoffs uh it's also yeah. we get like kind of like, this sort of like pseudo thanksgiving uh, yeah, no on one cares Saturday. but i
3: made the playoffs in every single redraft league i'm in that's, that's awesome. impressive
1: what is, is it's like five for five six for six uh, I mean...
3: no uh, 12 for 12
1: whoa that's impressive
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, that, I actually. I I mean, I, to make sure I know people are mad because I recommended changes. Tony Pollard this summer, but uh, my teams did well still. <laughs> you you overcame it somehow.
1: I'm I'm uh, more proud
2: of my teams that got in as a last seed, all because of the waiver wire juice I used last week. Like even trying to pick off Parker Washington, who scored a touchdown, um, pick up scrubs like that just to fill in off the waiver wire to fight for the last seed. Because last week was an aggravating week for redraft leagues in that. Some of the best players just hit complete duds. I mean, absolute zero.
3: The the BBM is going to be interesting this week because you think like some of the best value picks, like if Tyreek doesn't really play, like the Dolphins in general, like are down. Uh, Keenan Allen was one of the best value picks. He's not playing, you know, already. So like, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of quarterbacks in some bad spots this week. So like, I I think this week in general, my overall feelings, it could be a low scoring fantasy week in general. Uh, outside of a few spots that I'm sure we'll we'll touch on, but I think this is going to be a very interesting week for the teams that actually like ran out hot to this point, sputtering to the finish line. uh There's a 10 game main slate. We'll
1: talk about that soon enough. We're going to talk about three games on the 10 game main slate, but we did want to talk about the Saturday slate, which is you know there's real big pools out there for Saturday. It's essentially the Thanksgiving slate the way it's split up as far as times. Uh, we're looking at uh, I was gonna say the Chargers and the Raiders. That's Thursday night. You do not want to watch that game. That looks absolutely dreadful. Uh, the absence of uh you know Keenan Allen, Herbert for the year just somehow got worse
3: than Zappy versus Trubisky. Somehow they that <laughs> Thursday night football <laughs> managed to one up itself. I didn't watch Zappy versus Trubisky, but like the box score
1: suggested it, it might not have been completely terrible. I, I can't say I watched the second of it, but it
3: looked like it might have been okay, all things Tr- considered. Trubisky was pretty bad uh there's a uh, circumstantially had to watch that game because i was stuck in a room but uh trubisky scored more fantasy points than kenny pickett scored in a game of his career <laughs>
1: This point. it could not have been any worse than the minnesota and the raiders were last week uh minnesota takes on the Bengals at one o'clock we have pittsburgh at indianapolis uh at 4 30 and again kind of spread out uh saturday night denver at detroit detroit in the dome. So they might actually be able to score some points and look competent. John, are we doing this like game by game or just kind of like a overview when it comes to Saturday? How do you want to approach this?
2: Well, if you recall, I was six bourbons deep by the time we started doing this on the Thanksgiving slate. So <laughs> I can't quite remember how we went about it, but uh, I know we began by yelling about quarterbacks and the overall view viewing slate. And I will say, I think it's kind of fun because there are a lot of open-ended questions we're going to have to answer with our money on this one. And that begins with Jake Browning and can he keep getting away with it? Because at least in a larger sample, if you want to call it a large sample in his three starts, now we've seen that 35% of his passing yards and two of his four passing touchdowns have come within two yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, but on a small sample even, if we think Brian Flores is going to send the house as he's done, blitz to the league's highest rate, Browning has actually completed 15 of his 21 passes for over 11 yards per attempt against the blitz. So he's been better plus like the Vikings defense. We talk about the, the turnaround the Broncos have had since week five It's the Vikings who are actually tops in EPA per play in terms of a drop back per play as well against passing offenses. So the Vikings defense has been awesome too. No quarterback has passed for over 275 yards against them since week five Patrick Mahomes. Uh, That's a long time ago. So I think the Vikings defense is a pretty good one here to probably respond against Jake Browning, but maybe that's where everyone gets to. Jamar Chase is banged up. He's going to play overall. I think my two favorite quarterbacks on the entire slate are Gardner Minshew, uh, especially if we don't think the Steelers are going to have TJ Watt since we've seen at least Gardner Minshew not really add the mobility, but still add tack on rushing scores, and it's a bad quarterback slate. And Russell Wilson, if we think we're going to get juice in that game indoors. I'm I'm somewhat skeptical of the over um, and the offensive environment because even someone like Justin Herbert last week, I know people got to the over and thought that game would be a good environment. But even when he was in that game, I mean, five and a half yards per attempt, they didn't score a single point in the first half either while he was slinging the ball. The Broncos defense has been amazing. So, uh, yeah, I think, just think there are a lot of ways to go here with this slate.
1: The six quarterbacks we have to choose from: Jake Browning, Gardner Minshew at home versus the Steelers; Trubisky there in Indianapolis; uh, Russ, as you mentioned, Goff at home, and uh, Nick Mullins. Is that, is that who's drawing the start here? Is it? Yeah. No one Mullins over officially mm-hmm. over Dobbs. Okay, um, man, it's it's not it's not great. I did run some optimals for funsies as well. I mean, well. it's
3: not just the Saturday slate. Like, this is, like, where the NFL is right this now. Is, but... this,
2: yeah, this is a slate. <laughs> it's,
3: uh, yeah. It, it, what, what like, the quarterbacks, and all... I was doing rankings this week, I'm like, I can't, like, you know, like, it's like, oh, like, Drew Locke might be playing again. Obviously, we've got that guy DeVito. Uh, he's out here cooking. But it's like, man, Easton <laughs> Stick is starting. Like, it's just like all these guys, man. It's It's rough. It's real rough. Forty-seven-year-old Joe
1: Flacco came off the couch, and he's like the eighth best quarterback in the league. Like that Still, says way more about the quarterback uh, state, the, the NFL, than it does about Joe Flacco. It's insane. Uh, lots of injuries as well, too. Oops. But yeah, uh, I may have rounded up on the age, but you know he's he's up there for sure. Um, yeah, what do you have here, Rich, as far as uh, your favorite quarterbacks on this three-game slate? Let we kind of can build some stacks beyond that if you want.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think I concur with Dangle. I'm really using this week as kind of a a, a test for uh, the Jake Browning experiment so far. Like, I think if he gets over here, he can win me over a good bit because, you know, having some success throwing 35% of your pass behind the line of scrimmage against the, you know, the the Jaguars and um, who they faced last week. Why why did I lose Uh, this? Yeah, the Colts. Like, two very passive defenses that play some of the most zone coverage in the NFL. They don't really blitz uh they haven't been good at all this entire season anyways against this really hot vikings team that's been good on the road too they're six and six and oh uh with a push uh on the road against the spread but 10 of their games have gone under they play tight uh it'd be interesting if kirk cousins wouldn't have gotten hurt like how live they would be to, to win the division right now because mm-hmm. the defense came around uh but yeah i'm and jake browning has two one yard rushing touchdowns too like two qb sneak touchdowns like I'm not really stocking a lot of what he's done for fantasy yet. I think he can win me over here if they do some stuff. Because we saw with uh, Burrow, too, when Burrow was in with the, with the Bengals, he would he had a couple hot spots, and then, like, the Bengals would lay a dud. And, then like, so it's, like, I still am, like, not thinking, like, this is, like, foolproof. Uh, this could be a game that's really ugly, really kind of gross. Because uh, the Vikings are really good against the run, too. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of waiting to see here. Not really going to chase Brown. He's really priced up, too, for his last two performances. Like Dagle, I think Minshew's like the wild card, right? Like he's like the X Factor guy. Yeah. And then Russ is like the guy that's in like the best spot. I mean, this Lions defense has been so bad. I mean, they've allowed opponents to score on 30% of their drives over their past seven games. It's 30th in the NFL. Uh, the Lions are turning the ball over like crazy, too. Like they've turned the ball over at the 31st rate in the league the past month. So I really think what they're going to do is run the football a ton on the Broncos uh, because everyone can run the Broncos. Even Eckler got there last week, right? Like, you know, Eckler <laughs> made it. Eckler got us hundred yards and a touchdown. Uh, I really think it's going to be a lot of David Montgomery, a lot of Jameer Gibbs in, in, in that game. I don't think they're going to ask off to do a ton against this Broncos defense uh, because they haven't really protected the football. So I mean, I I look at that game and I see maybe like a Ross spring back with whatever lines run back, maybe both. I don't know. See, maybe you get kind of cute like that way, but that's what I kind, of, I kind of feel like the same way Daigle does. Russ is the most popular quarterback currently hitting optimals for what it's
1: worth on DK 29%. Browning at He's also the only reasonable. one that's been good,
0: and
2: yeah, provi- yeah, and providing a rushing floor. Like, he's he has the most rushing equity, sadly, out of all the quarterbacks in that slate.
1: What do we, I mean, we mentioned Minshew is a wild card, he's always a wild card. Like, he's great to throw defense against, he's great to stack. You know, you know, he's always going to make something happen. He's saying, you're not sure if it's going to be good or bad, but things will be happening. Fantasy things, for better
3: or for worse. Uh, but Mullen- they run a ton of plays, and yeah. they haven't been able to run the ball. Like the, the obviously, everyone in DFS is aware because everyone's played Zach Moss the last two weeks. But I mean, the, <laughs> like Zach Moss hasn't broken a tackle the last two weeks. So like, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. So they, I mean, they, they run a ton of plays. It's going to be a ton of pass volume probably. It just you know it depends on if it's an ugly Steelers game or not.
2: He's, he's definitely not the same player he was that first month of the season when all he was doing was exploding for long runs and deserved all the touches. And maybe that backfires here because it's still in every touch back in mm-hmm. a three-game slate, so it can always come back to haunt you. But Minshew also provides leverage off of it because you do have this sweet spot with Michael Pittman, who's basically become Keenan Allen over the last month and a half of the season. Now he has double-digit targets in five of his last six games. He has eight catches in six straight games. Uh, Probably my favorite expensive receiver on this slate, honestly. Not only that, but I know Josh Downs, the target juice has kind of fallen off as Zach Moss has earned a couple more. Uh, Alec Pierce has gotten in the mix lately, too. But It's still from the slot where the Steelers are getting penetrated the most, third most yards per catch, allowed to opposing slot receivers. So I can even see a double stack here, opportunity with Minshew, Pittman, and Downs.
1: Yeah, Pittman's going to be pretty heavily owned. You're going to have the salary for him. He's he's the one that hit the most optimals. I think he actually hit my threshold. Uh, He's in 77%. Yeah, I said no more than 77%, and he actually hit 77%. I wanted to jump back, uh, running back here, John, and uh, Rich kind of hinted at it. Um, well, Moss is going to be super popular again uh, We know about the volume of course he hasn't Got their scoreboard but Like the opportunity has been outrageous uh, They were raised the price but still Looks pretty good and the second Most popular guy is Joe Mixon who we On this show where this is not a Joe Mixon Show we tend to not, not like uh, playing Him uh, I like the angle Rich was talking about as far as playing Gibbs And Montgomery like it's three game slate. you can only hide So much they're not going to be as own as those guys. those guys as far as I can tell Uh, is that where you're at as well? Do we just go back? I say, like, assuming you played Moss, like me, a donkey. Uh, But eventually, all these uh, touches have to turn into something here for Zach Moss, I think. Uh, How are you handling the running back position as a whole?
2: Yeah, if I play Minshew, I can... Make the argument. I could see people playing Moss with him. I don't think I'll get there because I am, like Rich said, most interested in Montgomery Gibbs combos. Uh, I think I prefer Montgomery if we expect the game to actually be a competitive one or the Lions to hold the lead since you can still run on the Broncos. Um, and yeah, a- around that though, it's not really a slate outside of Ty Chandler. And I-, I wonder how many people get there. Probably quite a few. So the Bengals are still allowing the only defense allowing over 16% of the runs against them to gain 10 plus yards. And not Ty the Chandler, last two weeks, man. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. And one of those games was against Zach Moss. On, on end <laughs> yeah, up.
0: Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Ty Chandler,
2: Ty Chandler has struggled too when he's been given this opportunity, but at least we know whenever uh, Alexander Madison left the field in the second half, Chandler wasn't every down back ahead of Kune and Wang. Wu. even ran around on 60% of drop back. So he was out there to handle every touch. Um, But he's the only value running back, honestly. Outside of that, you got to get up to Moss, Montgomery, Mixon, like you said. But Mixon, even in back-to-back games, he's handled a season-low share in backfield touches because now we have Chase Brown, who is, is not getting enough usage, in my opinion, to be considered... Uh, Well, in a three game slate, you can definitely play him in a regular slate. You couldn't play him, but he is averaging eight yards per touch. That's certainly helped out by his 54 yard screen last week. But even so they're giving him purposeful touches and it's 10 touches per game the past two weeks too. Whereas it's Mixon who has outtouched him 10 to one inside the 10 yard line. So Mixon's getting all the, the touch equity where it matters most, but it's still really coming off of touchdowns only. So, Again, in a three game slate, it's hard to make the arguments against it, but I think it's easy, pretty easy to poke holes in Mixon once again. But he's burned me by saying that two weeks in a row now.
1: So, so I just want to know we're currently projecting Madison in. I guess we'll see. Uh, you know, we're recording this on a Wednesday night. Sure. Uh, as, as far as clarity on that, but certainly if Madison's a no go, Chandler will become much more interesting. Uh, Rich, I want your thoughts as far as running backs. And I just want to throw us out there as far as Javante Williams. And I thought he was supposed to be explosive. Now is it uh, injury recovery? Is he more explosive in, than I in, think he
3: injury is? injury aligned? He did have a nice run at the Offense. end of that game last week, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's been it's been rough. It's been rough for them running the football, off explosives. Uh, really, Russ is the only guy kind of getting there. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's had six straight games below four yards per carry. Uh, but, and, and the Lions are so good against the run. Like where they're bad against running backs is in the receiving game. Obviously, I, I do like Javante Williams receiving garbage prop. If you do want to mix in like oh. did Thanksgiving, I think it's twenty one and a half and a half still, uh, because they're, you are, you getting- are feeling hot. <laughs> you're just, you're pounding yeah. everything. Hey, now. Keep throwing them out. Yeah. I'm
1: going to be betting them a lot, okay. by the way, uh, it, RIP, my just for like five minutes, I was winning my Justin Fields uh, bet over 16 oh. and a half yards and then he lost a yard and then he took a knee and he took a knee and I think he ended up like a 59 or something like that. But, uh, Felt really good about it for a while. I mean, they did not, did not they get kicked,
2: They kicked the lion's ass. They just kicked their ass up and down that stadium.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we could not get one couple. Mm-hmm. I think it was like a yard or two short, but uh, whatever. We're uh, moving forward. Uh, let's get the money back and uh, see what we can get on Javante
3: Williams. Javante's getting a good. ton of targets per route, so if you want to just think he's going to catch a couple passes, uh, explore that avenue. If you want to get your jollies that way, I think the Mixon angle is interesting because I actually think Mixon's going to play more this week because of Brian Flores. Uh, you know, I mean, you hmm. you don't know where the blitz is coming from with Brian Flores, so I don't know if the Bengals are going to trust Chase Brown to play a lot of passing snaps in this game. I think when he comes in, it'll be for rushes or like a design screen, like a design play. But I do think Mixon's probably going to play more snaps than he has the past two weeks because of this defense they're facing. Uh, But granted, this is a defense that is not giving up any rushing production. There's been one running back all season that's rushed for more than 65 yards against the Vikings in a game this season. Also, Mixon is kind of getting there on some plays that don't feel sustainable. He has a reception of 39, 28, and 45 yards the past three weeks. I don't like it's it's hard to say like we're just gonna count on a running back to have a 30-yard reception every game. Like feels pretty it feels pretty thin, right? So and the Vikings don't allow any explosive runs, right? They've allowed two rushing touchdowns over their past two, eight games. So it, like Daniel said, it's easy to poke holes again. And then it's it's not easy to get to Ty Chandler because Brian O'Neill got hurt last week. Uh Ed Ingram was already out there, right guard. In the last two weeks, the Bengals have allowed running backs to rush for 32 times for 90 total yards. Uh, that's just 2.8 yards per carry so it's like it, it, it's like even if you think the defense is bad we still have to start with the vikings run game and the vikings haven't run on anyone so like you know it's one of those you know movable forces meets you know uh what is it the the movable objects or whatever stopple force meets movable object that's like kind of what it would be but even then the Bengals have been good the past two weeks against running backs that haven't been good lately so it's kind of hard to, like, really fall in love with running backs there. The Steelers' backs are still in, like, this complete 50-50 split mm-hmm. where Najee Harris, if he doesn't score a touchdown, is worthless. And if Jalen Warren doesn't score a touchdown from over 15 yards away, he's not scoring <laughs> a touchdown at all. Uh, but the Colts give up just a, a boatload of touchdowns to running backs. So it's like, how do you play it? And you just take Najee uh, running back in your stacks with, like, kind of the Colts and just hope he luck boxes into the that touchdown that, this week. But really that the good running backs are – The Lions guys, they're home, they're indoors, they're facing a team that even as good as the Broncos have been uh, defensively in this turnaround, they're still just getting absolutely flooded on the ground. And we've seen that both of these backs are kind of magnets with each other. They kind of just have reciprocal lines every game. Even last week, Gibbs, 14 touches, 82 yards. Montgomery, 13 touches, 85 yards. It's kind of just like who gets in the box. Um, And both backs, uh, since Montgomery's come back, have six goal-to-go touches. Same, So it's I mean it's kind of just a really even split, even though Gibbs is playing more snaps and running more pass routes. So I mean they're I mean, like I said, you gave 125 rushing yards to the Chargers burning backs. I'm probably gonna think the Lions running backs are gonna run on you. Would uh would you play them both in the same lineup, Gibbs sure. and Montgomery? Yeah. I mean now uh, if you do that, you got you can't like stack like Laporte. You're not then you're not playing like Amon Ra, you're not playing Laporte, right? Like, yeah. You're, you're playing those two running backs. I mean, you could play uh Ross and Sutton with Gibbs and Montgomery. You do something okay. like that.
1: yeah. Um. All right. Anything else as far as running backs, Rich or John, or shall we talk about some receivers uh, as far as uh, this three game slate? By the way, 22 and a half is a number. 22 and a half. Courtland Sutton. No, no, no. Devontae Williams receiving yards, but like the over on that rich. On who what was it? 22 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, I Jamonte bet. 20, I bet it
3: at 21 and a half, but that's, okay.
1: yeah. it's going to hit
3: 22. Lock that in for sure. But
1: yeah, uh, <laughs> the exception?
3: He's gonna catch at least three passes. I don't, oh, know, what, I don't well. know what I don't know what Cardi has him at, but uh, he's gonna catch at least three. I'll check and see what the Blitz says as well. But uh,
1: yeah, uh, who wants to open up receivers for me? I know we were talking. Dago uh, uh, was talking some. The four, I will say too for this thoughts. slate
3: in general. Unlike the Thanksgiving slate, you can kind of do whatever you want with the where pricing is. Like it is not yes. restrictive. This slate is not restrictive. You probably are going to actually want to leave. Like the winners of the big money are probably going to have money left over on this slate for sure. It seems uh, like a good game theory thought.
2: As long as you don't think you need like two of the top three receivers, it's a little tougher if you need that because I think a lot of people will like people wanted to play. Justin Jefferson last week, and, and maybe Jefferson gets there last week if he's not injured, but it's just a, a totally different environment, honestly, from Josh Dobbs to Nick Mullins. Um, Justin Jefferson probably can get there, but I'm not sure I want to pay 8100 to find out here. So uh, to me, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Simone I say Brown, it kind of is a pivot point, which is why I say I think Michael Pittman literally even considered among those three is my favorite out of, the top four guys, and then I go from there if I want to play Cortland Sutton, Sam Sam Laporta, uh, the list goes on, three running backs perhaps, then maybe I do skimp out on the top range of wide receivers. But overall we saw Jamar Chase kind of come back to earth, and he did suffer an injury uh, last week, but we have seen Jake Browning also lock on him in the past. We talked about how before that game, Jamar Chase was still touting a 27.5% target share, and then just kind of came back to earth last week as Jake Browning was just dumping the ball off quickly. So Of course, Jamar Chase can get there in this spot, but if we think the Vikings' defense is that tough and is the one to slow the Bengals' offense down, then it's a spot where I genuinely just don't mind skipping Chase in this slate either.
1: All right. By the way, you asked, uh, Rich, I got the answer for you for Williams. Uh, Targets, 4.9 targets projected for Cardi, uh, 3.9 receptions, and the reception prop is 3.5 over, Mm -hmm. plus 115. So you're getting positive juice on the over. Of three and a half um but you gotta get four obviously all right rich uh receivers your thoughts.
3: Yeah, I pretty much, you know, I mean, that first game is the one because if that game busts, like, obviously, that has some higher price players in it, you know, Mixon's high price, Jamar Chase's high price, Justin Jefferson's high price. Probably the most alluring piece to me is TJ Hawkinson. Uh, You know, obviously, Justin Jefferson wasn't in when Nick Mullins came in. But I mean, he just immediately got peppered with targets right when Nick Mullins came in with functional quarterback play. And like the Bengals have just been a team we literally every week have circled at this point when they're facing tight ends. Right. Like Pat Fryer moved. Everyone thought he was back like yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I don't know, man. He might have just faced the Bengals. So, you know, like that's it's, it's <laughs> kind of where we are. Uh, they have a lot of league high, almost seven receptions per game to tight ends. They got Evan Ingram's season finally started a couple weeks ago, and he rolled that in the last week. They're allowing tight ends to catch 80 percent of their passes. That's the highest rate in the league. 31st in yards per target, 19th in touchdown rate. Hawkinson, to me, looks like probably the most alluring piece in that game. Uh, this also has potential to be a double tight end slate. I know we hate saying that, but like him and Laporta, yeah. Laporta's got a great matchup too. Uh, you know, the, we, Greg Dolcich might play, so we don't know if it's going to be like a Troutman-Dolcich thing. The Colts, like good luck, like figuring out like their tight end like situation every week. A different guy leads the team in routes and targets every week and none of them are really good without a touchdown. And then the Bengals have Tanner Hudson, who's been good in a per route basis. But once again, the dude ran 10 routes again last week. Like, how can you play a guy that ran 10, 10 pass routes? Like, he has to score a touchdown. And even with a touchdown, like, you're not really getting there. So, Hawkinson really – Hawkinson probably stands out the most to me in the early game.
1: Uh, do you want to know what the Optimizer says? Is the You're a big fan of the Optimizer in this show uh, on a Wednesday night uh, for tight ends. Hawkinson-Friermuth. Uh, hawkinson third. Friermuth hawkinson 3rd Fryermuth 2nd Kylan second. Granson first. We're saving salary here. with Kylan Granson <clears> – <throat> Mm-hmm. And his uh, projection of I think it's like six points or so. Yeah, yeah. six points. Okay. It's not a good yeah. projection, but like <laughs> no. you yeah, see, you're just you get, yeah. smashing.
3: Yeah. Um, Will Mallory led the the unit in targets last week. He's getting four percent. Will Mallory? I don't know who Will Mallory is. Like no, they play all the those guys. Mo talks 20%. about the touchdown last week on a fourth down play call designed to him. Like what kind of stones to call that play on fourth? Of, you know, fourth and goal. Uh, running the, the Mo Alley Cox jump ball. Uh, Andrew Ogletree still is like in, like running a few routes. Right. <laughs> John, you got anything for tight ends here?
2: Any tight end takes? Yeah, Rich pretty much called it already, too. Laporta, Hawkinson both stand out. I think, uh, Fryermuth is interesting as well, given that, again, if we're targeting players against the Colts, tight ends been one. They've allowed the ninth most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. Um, And then uh, it does present an interesting late swap opportunity. If we do get Dulcich news, Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to play. It's something I hope we would get by Saturday morning. But remember the last time he returned, he came back from that hamstring injury. I believe it was. And then he was targeted twice on only eleven snaps. They were basically using him as like an every down player because Sean Payton has tried the Nate Atkins experience. Um, he's tried to get a receiving tight end there this entire time, and he just can't find anyone. So he's instead jamming Adam Troutman targets inside the five yard line to make it work. But if we get Doltiches at a late swap, that's a pretty good opportunity, honestly.
1: Chris Manhertz uh, is he just he's the blocker, right? I just I yeah. feel like I recognize blocker. that name, but. Okay.
2: D- Discount right. Josh Oliver.
1: <laughs> he is two point five k. His projection is yeah, not, basically non-existent. Uh Let's do this. Your favorite stack. Uh Obviously, reserve the right to change your name. Uh, it's, it's a change. It you know we're talking about Wednesday night for a Saturday slate, but on a Wednesday night, Rich, give me your favorite stack on this Saturday slate. Feel free to give runbacks. If you want to give runbacks?
3: Yeah, I I would say Sutton and Jameer Gibbs. Either the two. I mean, I mean look. Okay. Sutton, Sutton's gonna make a, a catch with his helmet at some point. Like I don't know. Like he's running, he's <laughs> running out of like crazy shit to do. Like you know, he's got he keeps one upping himself every week. He's gonna like I don't know what he's gonna do. Catch the ball with his legs pretty soon. Like, I don't know, man. he better. The, catch Lions are, the Lions are getting catch crushed it. by wide receivers, right? Like they, I mean, like this would be the Never. time. I'm gonna call it. Sutton has his first hundred yard game on Saturday. The, the Lions are just trying to let
2: the Packers win the division, and they're like, oh, we
3: don't know yet. We'll That's right. Dude, if Cousins, if Cousins wouldn't have got hurt, man. Yeah. Like,
2: Is this a, that'll be the first
3: of his career or the first of the
1: season for Sutton? He No, his, this year he doesn't have a 100-yard game yet. Okay. Yeah, because, I dude, sure. I mean, they don't
3: throw. They don't throw any passes.
1: What do you got, Ron? John? What do you have as far as um, your favorite stack on the three-gamer?
2: Yeah, Russ Sutton with Lions double running backs, running back. No pun intended. And Minshew doubles with Friar I think is my kind of ways to play it. Maybe even sit on Friar get some late news, swap to Greg Dulcich or Adam Troutman with Russ across from the Lions players. Uh, There are multiple ways to play it. What do you have projected Jared Goff right now, ownership? I figured everyone would just want to play him. Everyone likes to get a little bit lazy and use the Jared Goff indoor narrative. Although the outdoor indoor narrative has been swapped for like two months in a row now. I just figured people would want to play Jared Goff.
1: So we don't currently have ownership projections, but okay. I can just tell you optimizer wise, uh, which some, you know, there's a correlation to it. Sure. Uh, but uh, he's the fifth most popular quarterback, which is a nice way of saying yeah. the second least popular quarterback at 9%, mm-hmm. just ahead of Mitch Trubisky.
2: Yeah. Um, so I was hoping he Trubisky he'd be
3: also has the, the Minshew gene. He could be the dude you need.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have, I have played with <laughs> Trubisky lineups. And they are terrifying, but I have played. With I mean, they, them
3: two quarter—that's the Spider-Man mean matchup: yeah. Trubisky and Minshew.
2: He did have a rushing yeah. touchdown on Thursday night.
3: He can he can scoot. I mean,
1: he's
2: yeah. through,
3: he's run man.
1: Trubisky with uh Johnson or, or Pickens or both?
3: Is there you guys naked, just naked 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 uh, naked Trubisky? <laughs> naked Trubisky. <laughs> the biscuit. There. I mean go. we we've seen Ooh. George
2: Pickens just. He's he's been the same guy. Whether, whether he's had Deontay Johnson on the field, as long as Deontay Johnson is playing, George Pickens is that guy, uh, Matt Canada's presence does not matter. They just don't use him creatively at all.
1: All right, let's move on and talk about the 10-game main slate. 10-gamer, uh, uh, a lot of low totals, as has been the theme this season. Boy, are they. I think six of them are below 40. Uh, we got Atlanta, Carolina, 34 and a half. Kansas City, is in a game that has a total of 37, which, like, I can't remember the last time that's happened, where the Kansas City Chiefs have been in a game total Also, week 14,
3: another tough scenes for weather, weather enthusiasts. Real yeah, tough oh, it's the worst scenes. <laughs> Real tough scenes. Listen, when when Zach Wilson scores 30 and a half, I don't want to hear anyone talking about the rain. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not on Wednesday.
1: We're not talking about that. And, uh, you know, people only remember, like, the one time where it got really, really goofy. But for the most part, it's not that big a deal, especially rain. Wind, wind will really screw some things up. By the way, speaking of low totals for teams, the Dolphins are uh, in a game that has a 39.5 total or a 39 total based on the Jets. Well, Dean, uh, they're calling
3: you up. Are you playing right guard this week for the Dolphins? Uh, like, uh, their, <laughs> their entire starting offensive line is out. Yeah. Wait, their entire offensive yeah, line is out? They're from their week one offensive line, all five starters plus one of the backups is are going to miss. We haven't gotten official word that Taron Armstead and Robin Hunt aren't going to play. They didn't play last week, but Connor wow. Williams now out for the year. Isaiah wins out for the year. Uh, and, and it was evident last week. I mean, Tua was pressured on us. He was pressured on almost 50% of his dropbacks. by far the highest rate of the season on Monday night. And uh, if you're going to come into the whole backup offense line, it's the Jets.
2: Oh man, that's yeah. bad Ron- news. Connor <laughs> Williams missed that Eagles game too. And dude, Jalen Carter ate him alive in that one. That's how the Dolphins struggled so much.
1: The first game we're going to focus on here, Tampa, Tampa's in green Bay, 41 and a half is a total Packers are three and a half point favorites. Uh, John, feel free to pick where you want to pick. This was uh, I guess there was kind of two obvious games. I want to say that we'll talk about which we will talk about in a second. And this is the one that, uh, if there's one off the board, it's probably this game. Mm -hmm. Is that fair to say amongst the, the three games we've selected?
2: Um, I think so. I'd be curious to know where everyone else is getting. Um, maybe we'll talk about it. Well, okay. Probably 49ers Cardinals, but I don't know if I'm yeah. interested in any. Cardinals. Well, there's the two
3: one sides, right? Like everyone's playing Rams, dude. And everyone's playing 49ers, dude.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're going to talk about <laughs> at least one of them. Cause maybe the commanders can still push back in that game. And, of course, 49ers should enter our pools every single week. But, yeah, Packers-Bucks could get interesting because it's kind of the same spot we've been targeting all year long. It's the Bucks defense. Even last week, we talked about, like, my pool of quarterbacks literally was Josh Allen, uh, Brock Purdy, and Desmond Ritter. Only on DraftKings because Drake London and Kyle Pitts kind of became fringe cash options. Everyone played Drake London. And I just thought, okay, if I can play – that's Ritter and then get up to Mike Evans. I have both my game stack and then I could have salary to allocate elsewhere. And nobody
3: uh, played London on FanDuel, which was amazing.
2: Well, no one played Mike Evans on DraftKings, which was not amazing, except me. Because then I, I <laughs> sat here with my little 1.8 points on DraftKings all week long, thinking I'm smart at 5%. And boy, that got nowhere. But in this spot, I think Jordan Love will have no problems attacking the Bucks defense. Even last week, like we said, Desmond Ritter, 375 passing yards, also tacked on a rushing touchdown, but over eight yards per attempt as well. Jordan Love struggled on Monday night against the Giants, but we saw what he accomplished in the five games prior to that against the soft schedule, the Chiefs game included, where he ranked eighth in yards per attempt from a clean pocket. And now it's a Bucks defense that they not only were already 26th in pressure rate, uh, the last month since they lost players, but they could yet again be missing Vita Ve, Devin White. So it just seems like another great spot to have confidence in the Packers' passing attack, whether we get Christian Watson or not. Because you know who to stack them with too. You can go right back to Jaden Reed, who the A dot the air yards. I understand we're not pretty, at least the on Monday night. For Reed, but he's still averaging a twenty three point three percent target share without Christian Watson this year. So that's one of my favorite players to drag him along with. And then you can also just kill the tight end spot if you want and go down to Tucker Craft. I don't know Have, I don't know what the optimals have, but the Bucks are not only allowing the fourth most catches per game to opposing tight ends, but. Tucker Craft is basically being used like Luke Musgrave, where 91% route rate this past week. Um, also popped up for a team high in receiving yards. So, sure, I have my little stacks. I can go back to Mike Evans. Done. Game accomplished.
1: Uh, Tucker Craft on the Family Feud board of uh, tight ends in the okay. Optimals, but
3: fifth, fifth on the board
1: He's ch- at 13%. Uh, I, I, can I
3: guess two of the, the the top guys this week? Yeah. The He's second. He's ah. second in the book. 41
1: people survey out of honor survey. Took a, good, a hey, I thought I
3: had um, it. I was trying and to, number, try the, to, try to get The it. number
1: one answer has been on fire. On fire with uh, uh, receptions, with targets, with actual fantasy points. And his face was actually on fire earlier They're in the joking.
2: season. Yeah. It's a yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. That's it's a, I, I mean, we talked about a litmus test week for Jake Browning. J- j- Joe Flacco, come on down, buddy, because uh, there's a lot of elements not in your favor outside of playing at home. Like, you're going to be on your third and fourth offensive tackle. This Bears defense is now allowing a league low in yards per attempt since they got Jalen Johnson back in week six. It's going to finally be a game where we're going to see if the volume matters for Joe Flacco.
1: Yeah, the Bears uh, defense has been really, really good. Uh been awesome. You know, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing as far as their draft stuff. I, I don't really follow that, but on I, I, the – are they happy with uh, are the fans? They're happy to win games right now, John, or yeah. they kind of think, well, them?
3: probably not win games at this point. Well, they're going to have the first pick regardless because every everything went a while last week. Every yeah. everything went, like literally because the the Patriots won, and who else won? Who was the other team that won that they needed to to win? But they're they're cooking like the, and, the they're getting that Panthers pick.
2: It tells you. That's how down bad you are if you were already eliminated from the postseason and the Panthers were the first team to do so in the year 2023 because, like, even the Giants have a playoff spot, like, available to them right now if they continue <laughs> to win out. No one's eliminated except the Panthers.
3: And only one team is officially clinched for the playoffs. Right. Um. Which team? Is that San Fran or
1: Baltimore? Yeah, at 49ers they have clinched. They're in. Yeah, I just pulled up the the tankathon for the NFL. Carolina is one in twelve, and they have two games on yeah. in New England and Arizona. The Patriots winning last week
3: was huge for the for the Bears. By the way, number
1: one on the family food board for receivers. Uh, we we don't really talk receivers as far as uh, we like to talk about the tight ends and the optimizer. But Jaden Reed, uh, yeah. not going to sneak up on anybody. He's popping. He's really really cheap. Opportunity is good, and he's hitting basically the threshold. Yeah, I capped it at seventy percent and he landed in 70% of my DK lineups. Because they play uh, Wood- night. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how that goes. Uh, no price change. Although DraftKings uh, might not have moved him anyways. Uh, yeah, they, they could be asleep at the wheel sometimes,
3: <laughs> depending on. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I do want to put a moratorium on dudes getting tried to – like people trying to recreate Debo Samuel. Like, just let – Jaden Reed's a really good wide receiver. If you uh-huh. let him play wide receiver – uh, the usage that he had Monday night, like to try to make him like, a like Wisconsin Debo Samuel or whatever, I couldn't come up with like a knockoff cheese pun off the top of my head. Really feel yeah. like I left that one down, but, the uh, like just let him play receiver. The dude is a dog, like let him play a real wide receiver. Like you don't have to give him all of these pop passes and stuff near line of scrimmage. Like the dude can actually win as a wide receiver. He's one downfield all season. So let him actually run some real routes this weekend, especially against the Buccaneers. Please, 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 please. Uh, but also we we like him because he gets targeted a ton against the Blitz. I mean, Todd Bowles, still going to Blitz a lot. I will say this is a week, too, where, like, Romeo Dobbs probably isn't hands-off if Christian Watson is out. I mean, the Buccaneers are getting absolutely flooded on the perimeter. And we know Romeo Dobbs has a ton of touchdown equity. So, like, don't overlook him just because Jaden Reed's so popular. Uh, I think there's definitely opportunity for Romeo Dobbs to do something, too. Rich, how do you feel about the Bucks? Is it uh, just Evans, pretty clear. And, like, yeah, and an White, White and Evans are pretty clear. Like White is, and like White started like be an efficient runner the past three weeks too. I mean, it used to be he was getting there as a receiver, but now he's got one hundred eighty-four, one hundred and two rushing yards now. The past three games, the first ten games this season, only averaged forty-five rushing yards per game, and we know you can run on the Packers. I mean, they're over their past five games. They're thirty-first in the NFL in yards per carry of the running backs. They've had six rushing touchdowns. That's tied for the most in the league. So Rashad white looks like, and he's the guy I feel like people never like really want to click. because he's just not that he doesn't seem like a fun player, but like he keeps getting there. He's, he's been just a tremendous value now for basically two, two full months and just continues to get there. Uh, we don't know if Jair Alexander is going to play, but it is a good matchup to run back. Mike Evans, uh, so Green Bay is playing cover three on the third highest rate in the league. Mike Evans has already faced the teams that run cover three more than the Packers. And in those games, he had six catches, 70 yards, and two touchdowns, seven catches or 162 and a touchdown. He's averaging three and a half yards per out run against cover three. Uh, one of the best in the NFL. So I think you can go right back to him. There's all kinds of opportunities to stack this game. You got anything else, Gianna, as far as a uh, Tampa and Green Bay?
2: No, because even Kay Naughton, who's like, Always just cheap. Everyone just kind of clicks him if It's not a good tight end slate. Uh, I feel like although he's been, he has the third highest route participation out of their buy, out of any tight end, I feel like we got really lucky with that last second touchdown last week. Even Baker, like the magic kind of disappeared. He did it all in his last two drives to help the Bucks win in the end. But that k and touchdown certainly saved his day.
1: It's interesting you said that, Rich, as far as White. Like he's just not a sexy play. Like not, not a ton of draft equity came in. Uh, End of the third round. His player profile pro- uh, comp is really impressive, though. It's uh, yeah, you, he's good. Want,
3: you want to guess? what to guess? He was he was a good prospect in in my model as well. Um, I'm glad to see that he's actually playing well. I mean, he, he has to at least have bought himself another year. I think. I would
1: think so too. Yeah, Um, but just for some reason. Uh, maybe that line is hot garbage.
3: Like if they ever get it they haven't had an offensive line there. It feels for like the last Mm. five, since Brady's first year, they had a really good offensive line, Brady's first year. And since then, like the line has been trashed. According to player profiler, the best comparable for Rashad white is David
1: Johnson, which that's a, that's, do you guys, is that, does that check out for you? Does that make sense for you?
3: I think David Johnson's a pretty unique dude. It's insulting to David Johnson. Well, I mean, he's just one of the other guys too. Like he—he he was a wide receiver. Like he just had an orthodox running style. He wasn't even that great of like an overall like runner. Like, but like he just had like it, dude. He's a great athlete, great receiver, man. The prime prime David Johnson was. He was a he was on a heater there for a couple of years. He burned bright. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He was a threat to go for hundred yards on the ground, hundred yards in the air. You, know, you heard of Team in, man, man? That that era where that we bell. had. Levyon, uh David Johnson, Gurley, and, like Chris like we were just, you had to get two Antonio of those guys Brown early. if you can get Antonio Brown. Yeah. You yeah. had to have two of those guys every week though, because they were all 10K and they were doing giving like 30 points a game.
1: Yes, uh, you got to be able, like six, seven years ago, whatever it was. I don't know how many years ago now it was, but uh, that was. I mean, Gurley, uh, Gurley, that
3: one year was not Gurley like 12K at one point on FanDuel. <laughs> like I swear, probably. He was like Russell Westbrook that year. Like you were like, dude, the dude's gonna have two touchdowns. He's going to have 150 total yards. Like, what do you do? How do you combat this? Like, they were like, we're just gonna make him 12k and see who plays him, and we
2: still played him. And then Russ was. And then the next year, he was splitting touchdowns in the playoffs with CJ Anderson. (laughs) I hate to see it. Life comes at you fast. Life comes at you really fast.
1: Speaking of Todd Gurley, we got the Rams. The Rams at home versus the Commanders. 15 and a half is the total uh rams got a pretty big big boy total when it comes to their team total 28 and a half there's six and a half point favorites versus washington just a completely horrendous defense there they're also in a dome which is nice this time of year uh rich i assume
3: the focus here the main focus as far as this game will be the rams offense uh yeah i mean it's it's tried and true right like why why break we only got four weeks left of the commanders playing football uh why not just keep playing guys against them the Do we have a new name coming or is it still up in the air Or is is, is that what the reference was? I thought they're renaming the team. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, Oh yeah. You're talking about four more. Yeah. I guess that it's all (laughs) also applicable, but I mean, for us to keep playing guys against Washington, this is an interesting spot because obviously Stafford's been on this heater, uh, the last three games, he was due touchdown regression. It's finally caught up. I mean, he's thrown three or more touchdowns now, three games in a row. Uh He's facing a Washington team that's allowing a league-high touchdown rate to opposing quarterbacks. They've had multiple passing touchdowns in 10 games this season. And, again, until this stops being true, I will keep bringing up the stat that every quarterback Washington has faced since the season opener has scored more points that week than they were averaging coming into that game. So, uh, yeah, keep playing those guys. I do think Kyron Williams becomes an interesting like, kind of leverage pivot play because the one thing is when you look at the the Rams – and they've done this a few times and they've been up kind of both Cardinals games, even though Stafford did get there in that Cardinals game, is they are running the hell out of the football when they're ahead. So it does make, I think Kyron Williams, because he's really priced up on both sides. But I mean, you look at the Rams, like they have a 42 and a half percent drop back rate. That's 25th in the NFL when they are leading in the second half of this season. So it, it could be another big Kyron Williams. And like outside of Christian McCaffrey, Kyron Williams legitimately has like the best role like mm-hmm. of any running back. All right, uh,
1: John, your thoughts as far as the Rams, we and Kyron, Cooper Cup is he kind of sort of somewhat back? He looked pretty
3: good last week. Puka Nakua, when he's healthy, he's awesome too. Uh, no gloves, also, Puka, too. You got to respect the Mark Grace, uh, just the tape around his fingers for making Mark Grace. Ready. Wow,
1: <laughs> uh, I, I Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I believe, is still going no gloves. Uh, yeah, Moises out. As he should were he you a Cubs fan? fan like like in 1981 or 1991? Is that <laughs> no, but
3: that was a hardcore like I grew up playing fantasy baseball, so like got me into fantasy football. Yeah, so yeah, but some people. cubs
1: there. Shout out Mark Race, shout out to and, and listen.
3: When we were kids, we didn't have cable, so like one of the channels we got was WGN and you yeah come home and the the they were they played day games because at Wrigley they only played they played only so many night games a year and and Harry Carey and the Cubs were always on when I got home from school man like always and Harry
1: Carey was drunk out of his mind by like the third inning um, 1991 I think that the Cubs did not have lights until like 1991 like is it 89 or 91 which is an outrageous thing to think like they didn't play night games um, I think that's the year I don't know uh, John you've probably been to your fair share of Cubs games during the day maybe you haven't I don't know.
2: I have. Yes. Uh, Evan Silva has season tickets. And so when he has Ah. the all all you can drink, all you can eat tickets, you Mm. join him. They are good seats. You join him, whatever you can. Yes. Um, You must have some
1: great anecdotes uh, from that, but maybe you want to hold back on those. I don't know.
2: Or he has great anecdotes to me. Both, both ways (laughs) can be, can be very true, but for the Rams. Yeah. I kind of like playing it as Rich said through Kyron Williams. And honestly, if you want to chase, Kyron Williams target share with Stafford you can do that as well we've seen that happen multiple times this year but the Rams have run the ball with the two score lead at the fourth highest rate in the last three games since Kyron Williams returned and so maybe they do want to put this one away on the ground and we can kind of steal from Stafford's touchdown equity that way but if you play Stafford you do know you can play both wide receivers and now we've seen mm-hmm. since week five uh it's Nakua, who has a 25% target share to Cooper Cup's 22.5%. Uh, Nakua, who's also averaging 14 fantasy points per game, to Cope to Cooper Cup's 12 and a half. I feel like it could have gone either way, right? For Stafford last week, or for Cooper Cup last week. It could have been him coming around a few weeks removed from his ankle injury, or it could have been we got lucky to get there with him and his like ceiling performance that we haven't seen in a while, but he did look really good in that game because the Rams Stafford looked really good too. 22 of 24 under pressure was absolutely wild against arguably the league's best defense, but overall you can play both those guys. And if you want to get unique and onslaught Stafford too, and we don't get Tyler Higby. we still saw, you know, I don't know if anyone knows who Davis Allen Davis is Allen. But yeah, but we saw him get, tyler higby usage he even scored his touchdown on a tyler higby screen basically where they called (laughs) the same same exact kind of targets for him he was in on a route of 70 percent of dropbacks um he was involved and he's going to be super cheap so i think that's kind of the way i play it i'm trying to probably get off of it and play it through kyron or onslaught stafford entirely around kyron
3: yeah i think stafford's pretty clearly like your your cash game quarterback this week i mean where he's priced on both sides. that's what makes jordan
2: love interesting too because jordan love is priced right around him to the point where even with Jaden reed everyone catching steam i don't think people will get to love whose salary also did not increase due to monday night but also because he played like shit on monday night too
1: we have for what it's worth uh in the optimals and stuff the the ones that ran the most popular quarterback is purdy then justin fields then howell Mm. then flacco and then stafford so maybe that's a a little Ooh. bit of disrespect here to Stafford. Stafford did look great last week. Uh and also throwing in. The- three weeks in a
3: row. It's
2: three weeks yeah. in a row for,
3: for Stafford. It's He's
1: been, been awesome. Cooking.
3: And they're I mean, they're, the Rams are real live to make the playoffs. Like, absolutely live. Like their their remaining schedule, they play the 49ers in week 18, which might not matter for the 49ers, but like Commander Saints Giants are the next three for the Rams.
2: Like man, just to to come within and a they almost uh-huh. won that
3: game. Like, I mean
2: <laughs> to come within a punt return touchdown in overtime against the freaking Ravens. Like you have my respect Rams get out there and mess around. Let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean,
3: McVay uh, Raymond Summerlin has been bringing up that McVay's coach of the year odds are like 50 to one right now. And like, they're like way undervalued. Like if, cause if they get in, he's probably drawn him and it's probably between him and Stefanski Like right now. Like, uh, McCarthy, maybe. maybe? Where he's priced though looks real, real good. Sure. Shout out to Ray for bringing that up because if they win these next three in a row and people are like, man, we thought the Rams were going to be absolute dog shit. Like they're in the playoffs. That's typically how Coach of the Year is won. It's why Coach of the Year award winners flame out and end up getting fired because it's usually (laughs) the award is given out. Just they're like, oh, we thought you'd suck. Here's the award. You must have done a great job. And then then we find out like they just ran hot on variants or like they weren't that good or anything, right? But, like, now we have these two spots where it's, like, actually legitimately, like, amazing coaching going on from Sean McVay and Kevin Stefanski. Like, it feels like the award actually is going to be handed out for deserving fashion this year. The Commanders are also playing in
1: this football game against the Rams. Um, <laughs> they they Who will be dressed. <laughs> they'll be in uniform. They'll be going the – And Brian Bryan Robinson Robert. might not play. He did not practice today out of yeah. the box. Yeah. Antonio Gibson at five 5'2". Oh.
3: I assume he's pretty he well of Chris rips. Rodriguez. Say it again. And, oh, wait, listen, Dagle loves some Chris Rodriguez. I'll, I'll be playing Antonio Gibson if Brian Robinson's out, especially in this game uh, that could be with the Rams, you know, or the commanders chasing points. But I know Dagle has a soft spot for Chris Rodriguez.
2: I, I have a soft spot for Chris Rodriguez in April whenever you're doing big board best ball drafts. That's what I have a soft spot because you think he's going to get equity and he did get equity. Look at him now. Maybe Chris Rodriguez is the guy you need in week fifteen, Rich. You don't
3: know. He yet. might be, be. getting the box. We like
2: how
3: at all. I'm off. Go he's ahead. been absolutely terrible his last three games. Like maybe he plays better out of the bye, like he's getting there just on rushing. He's he's got a rushing touchdown in three straight games. And like that's a, a tough way for Sam Howell to live, man. And and think it's volume, I think a the value. I think the value will be here. I think the value will be here for him. He can get there, but I, I'm not excited about him. Like Daniel said, my my pool of quarterbacks I think is already taken up this week. Yeah, I try. to keep I would it rather play well. Gibson if Robinson's out or like Curtis Samuel.
1: John, you got the commanders. Do you want to get the sales pitch on Rodriguez, or just like the sales pitch was? You know, you liked them a while back. Maybe not no, so much. It was. It,
2: No draft pre-draft best ball is just all about the prospects you think coaches will like and organizations will like. And so you get some ADP bumps based on picking them. And Chris Rodriguez was a guy I I really thought he'd eventually get taken just because he wasn't good in college, but he was a workhorse and he kind of fit the mold of exactly Ron Rivera. Uh, like Rod Rivera loves these guys who are workhorses, but not athletes at all. That's who Chris Rodriguez is. And the good thing though, is last game we saw when Brian Robinson was injured before the bye, Chris Rodriguez was strictly a early down running back seven carries, but no targets. That's all Antonio Gibson. So it's pretty easy to paint the picture of Stafford onslaughts or Kyron Williams, and then running it back with Antonio Gibson, which is good because it's a slate where we don't really have running back values right now, either. And then for Curtis Samuel, it's, it's just simple. It's the same thing we talked about prior to whenever we had the Dolphins commanders game that the commanders don't want to play three wide set. They don't have a choice now because their defense is so bad. And now <laughs> we've seen because of that in back-to-back games against the Cowboys and Dolphins, Curtis Samuel had a 27% target share to 22.7% target share, 17 targets in that time. Like they had no choice. And so if they're just going to bring him on the field and dump the ball off to him because Hal's getting rid of the ball quickly to try at least and avoid sacks. Samuel's really the only wide receiver getting here. That's what's so frustrating about Hal's dropbacks, is that it's a lot of volume, but as Rich said, the last three games, it's not helping him, actually. And then it it's not actually helping the receivers either, except Curtis Saville.
1: Just taking a quick peek at our live chat here. Those that join us on a Wednesday night do appreciate that. Um, uh, I'm just like uh see dave kingman and chase
3: utley and i'm like oh yeah people are still making references to like baseball yeah, players and i assume those guys did not wear
1: gloves uh, yeah, chase utley did not
3: wear gloves, gloves either i would uh, you know a big uh, bit on always sunny too at chase utley i've never seen the bit I mean, yeah i guess that makes sense from philadelphia but
1: i, I guess i gotta check yeah, it out yeah, i haven't yeah. said that wants too. to
3: have a catch at chase utley pretty good i <laughs> guess <good stuff. laughs>
1: By the way, we don't talk a lot of slate dynamics, but it is kind of interesting. But as st- Stafford,
3: of I know I, I saw Richie Small's, but like Stafford only had twenty four points, but like he's eleventh highest priced quarterback on FanDuel. He's the tenth highest priced quarterback on DraftKings. He was the QB five still, and in like the construct of twenty twenty three football, like twenty four points is is a lot yeah. for quarterbacks now.
2: That's why he's like pretty we- cheap. That's how we constantly. That's the thing is he's so
3: cheap, right? Like, yeah, like getting twenty-four points out of a six-k quarterback and a seven-two quarterback uh, is is a big deal. I do think, like I said, Kyron, it does become an interesting leverage point, though.
2: That's how we constantly poke holes in the expensive quarterbacks now, because cheap quarterbacks are still taking this thing down, or mid-price quarterbacks like a Brock Purdy. It's kind of been the meta for
3: the last month.
2: Yeah.
1: I was
3: gonna ask, like, what, what are the big price quarterbacks that we are afraid of, maybe not having? that has been the story the- of of DFS the last month, right? Like, and I even think that that Cowboys game has a chance to not really pop the way people think too. And if Dak or Allen don't get there,
2: well, that's I mean, that's, listen,
3: that's Mahomes. Mahomes hasn't been getting there all year, like so. And, and you know that you brought the game toll for that. I think it's a bad spot for Fields. We don't know if Stroud's playing, so like it's another week. Where we're talking about like the Brownings of the world, right? Like if you get mm-hmm. if you get these guys that you're winning that way. So like the guys like Stafford, Jordan Love stand out. Like obviously Purdy's in that like kind of tweener zone. Uh, I mean shit, man, you can make kind of the case for Will Levis. Uh, <laughs> That I mean, but yeah, that's like that's what's been the meta roster construction has been to get one of these quarterbacks that are gonna get you around 20 points for five to six K or seven K on FanDuel, and then you're getting your 10-5 Christian McCaffrey, you're getting your your big wide receiver in the lineup, and that's how that's what's winning these tournaments.
1: The uh interesting thing as far as this late, one of the interesting things, you know, seven games early, three games late, the three late games are all the biggest totals, right? 47 and a half, San Fran, Arizona. 15 and a half Washington and the Rams. And you know, the one we're going to talk about now, the Cowboys and the Bills, probably, at least going in, we're expecting this to be uh, the most watchable, if nothing else. Some interesting fantasy pieces as well. Uh, Bills still in that must-win mode uh at home. The mafia is going to be in town. Uh, we got mm-hmm. one and a half points as far as their favorite. Uh, the, their favorite by one and a half over Dallas. Um, John, you want to start here? Alan Dak. These are the quarterbacks that could theoretically, like, put up the big the big number that maybe you're going to miss out on if you're going cheap. Um, but otherwise, there's not a lot of bullets. It feels like uh, you have to dodge. Uh, we run down the quarterbacks on this slate. Mm-hmm. But who is your who is your preference? Which side do you prefer to start on offensively?
2: I like Rich. Have question mark for both sides. I saw the the 51 point total. I saw the Bills favored by two and a half points when it opened, and I thought I don't know about that. Doesn't seem like a good spot for either team, honestly. A lot of question marks in this game. I'll take the, I'll start with the Bills side because last week I had a lot of confidence in Josh Allen's ceiling um, and he didn't get there because they slowed things down in the second half. I I still have no idea why. I have lots of questions for Sean McDermott outside of 9-11, but that's for another day. And when we want to spend up our quarterback, we just need to make sure that we get the ceiling we're spending up for. And I don't know if it's a spot because the Cowboys are one of only two defenses to use man coverage on over 40% of their defensive snaps. And Allen is 20th in both completion rate and yards per attempt against man this year. Logically, because they don't have the receivers to separate when one-on-one. And that includes Gabe Davis, who not only got a dud from last week, but who for his career, we've constantly on this show cited, he's been much better at earning targets against zone coverage. So I, I feel like I... Would go back to James Cook since we've now seen in the three games under Joe Brady, 27 running back targets for that backfield. It's what got us there in the first quarter in the first half last week with complete confidence. And then maybe if Dalton Cades out, which it looks like we're not headed that way because he was limited on Wednesday with that shoulder injury. I could also see playing Dawson Knox for cheap. But overall about Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, everyone else involved, um, I don't think I want to get there in this game. Quite honestly, against this Cowboys defense, so I've I just have question marks all around about this environment.
3: Dean made it four for four, he Hell did yeah. it four weeks, four weeks in a row. gotta <laughs> be a record. Wow! It's just a bit. Unbelievable. Now. Oh, my goodness, just an absolute bit at this point.
2: I was wondering been- how long. Rich was going to hold out. I was like, do we just let him keep going until he figures it out or what?
3: Just an absolute bit at this point, Dean. Now you're just, I don't even know if it's real anymore. It's happened so frequently. I, don't even, I can't even tell if it's a, it's a thing anymore. You're just purposely doing it. I've hit the cough button many times throughout this show. Like I said, I'm playing hurt. Uh, all of us are playing hurt for our
1: various ailments. Uh, I was saying that your son, uh, he, uh, he he cracked the Vinci code uh, on Kate Otten. He figured out exactly when Kate Otten's going to score based upon what he did in the previous week. I wonder if he has any thoughts on Gabe Davis, who
3: uh, last week I don't know, man. he might be listening. He said he was going to watch. If he's in the chat, he can maybe post something if he thinks it's a Gabe Davis week or not. <laughs> so, like, let me just tell you, like, I don't want to, you know, lead him.
1: Let him figure it out. I don't want to try, try to, you know, crack the magician's code. But week nine, Gabe Davis, uh, zero yards. Week 11, zero yards, and then last week, zero yards. But like every other week, he's doing things. Uh, you know, he had that big week versus Philadelphia at least caught some passes versus Denver. He had a big day versus Tampa Bay in the middle of all that. Uh, so maybe it's like odds evens. Maybe maybe it's a Gabe Davis week. I don't know. Again, I'm just curious if he has a thought on that. But uh, the ultimate, like, you know, best ball, boom, bust guy, Gabe Davis, proud of UCF. But uh, thoughts on Davis and the Bills offense in general, Rich, what do you got?
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, you can always play Josh Allen. Like, he's got the rushing equity. He still kind of got there last week, but I mean, it was a pretty gross game. I mean, you know, he his his he had a season low fifty four point eight percent completion rate. He's also completed sixty percent fewer than sixty percent of his passes now in what uh, three of his past four games. Uh, he's he was pressured on forty eight percent of his dropbacks against the Chiefs, has the highest rate this season. And listen, the Cowboys are right up there in pressure rate. They're seventh in the NFL or third in the NFL in pressure rate. They just pressured Jalen Hurts on forty percent of his dropbacks. Uh, and that's been kind of Josh Allen's MO this year. He hasn't been that good when pressured this year. Um, it, it's kind of been where he's been all year. So like, is it like an eruption spot? Does he need a rushing touchdown to get there? Does he have like a 300 yard passing day in him? I don't really think so. So like, that's what opens up this slate, right? When we're talking about does Stafford only get 20 fantasy points? Well, if Stafford only gets 20 fantasy points and Josh Allen and Dak Prescott don't get there, that's a pretty, that's a pretty big thing on the, on the slate, uh, and, and Stephon Diggs is averaging his lowest yards per route run against man coverage since he's joined the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he hasn't had a hundred yard game in any of his past seven games. He's faced a really tough schedule, but it doesn't get better here. Like just two Cowboys, two uh, wide receivers have had hundred yards against the Cowboys this season. Um, they have a lot of couple solid games back to back now to DK Metcalf and, and AJ Brown. Uh, so maybe there's an opportunity there. Obviously, you're never just going to say like Diggs can't get over. But uh, for his price, he has not been worth his price for quite some time. And definitely when you look at Gabe Davis's, you know, spot against man coverage, uh, he has just one of his six touchdowns this season against man coverage. target on just 15.6% of his routes. So hard to justify objectively saying it's a Gabe Davis week. Uh, also, with Dawson Knox coming back, when, like Daigle said, if Kincaid's out, then they won't be able to run 12 personnel. But with Dawson Knox coming back, they went right back to playing all that 12 personnel. Khalil Shakur only ran a, a route on two-thirds of the dropbacks. And we got to find out what the hell is going on with this James Cook thing. This dude was their entire (laughs) offense in the first half. Mm -hmm. He looked absolutely unreal. He's gone over 100 yards in four straight games, and the dude didn't play in the second half. Uh, You know, the past four games, he has 53% of the backfield touches, 55%, 55%, 57% the the past four games. Sorry. Um, He had nine of 18 backfield touches after the first quarter in that game. Every time he touched the ball, he was the only Bills player that looked competent in offense last, last week. And they're in here just the ghost of Ty Johnson and Latavius Murray are out here, like just eating up snaps, dude. Like it is an absolute joke that the fact that these guys are playing as much as they are. And I know they haven't trusted James Cook in pass protection. Let him run routes. Who gives a shit? He's the only guy doing stuff for your offense right now. Like you they have to get him more touches. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, the, the bills, You think he was hurt or you line. think that was just, yeah. that was the plan. No, but no, cause I just gave you a four game sample. Like it's mm. regular. He's only getting 55% of the backfield touches literally every game for a month. And he's still getting a hundred yards from scrimmage in these games. Find a way to get this kid, the football more because your offense doesn't have the weapons right now. I mean, if you're only going to run Dalton Kincaid out four yards for a four yard a dot every, every target. Like, how are you generating plays? Where are the big plays the Bills are generating? They've all been from James Cook.
1: I keep talking about how Diggs is just like crazy overpriced. Like he doesn't, you look at his price and it's like, not to be the game log guy, but looking at the game log, it's like, he says
2: he has 60K points or less in three of his last four games. How could he be eight four? it It is crazy that they were quick to adjust Cooper Cup, but they didn't touch. They just won't touch Stephon Diggs at any point. I imagine it's because of roster ship,
3: right? Like, because last week, Josh Allen was stacked. So, who, when you when you click Josh Allen's name, who's the first guy you click afterwards for the majority yeah. of games? not Well, you there's salary I. concerns. It's harder. Sure. Yeah. You, well, want to, you, you want to click, pick yeah. Josh Allen. Like, someone's typically like, well, I guess I'm picking Stephon Diggs now. Where we were talking about, you know, get you know, James Cook in with the stacks with Allen, and his one touchdown pass actually went to him. Let's talk about Dak and
2: it's Dallas. Um, who was? I mean, do dude, to I see? mean,
3: dude at 80 yards in the first quarter.
2: I had all bet 50 receiving yards that he got there with in like 16 minutes. It's like, oh, this yeah. is sweet. What a I hammered all thing. Of
3: his, all of his props, dude. Yeah. Like we were all over it.
2: Do we I like had, him what, again
3: this week, or
1: it's just it's dude? No. You don't know, who knows? Because we can't trust. Because well, the
3: matchup's not as good, and we don't know. Like the and because it, it's because the thing is, if he's only going to get 55 percent of the backfield touches against the Cowboys, that's a big difference. Than getting yeah. 55% of the backfield touches against the Chiefs or getting 55% of the backfield touches against the Broncos, right? Like it matters getting 55% of the touches against the Cowboys defense. John talking about Dallas and their
1: offense this week, who are we keen on?
2: It's a tough one as well because they've been at home for three games in a row now, basically getting rest because they've just been destroying their opponents, the Eagles included. Like, uh, the Eagles didn't score an offensive touchdown last week. They just kicked their ass up and down the field the entire game. And now you're traveling on the road across country uh, in the snow, like, against Buffalo and all teams. I don't know. I could see this one being slowed down as well, honestly. Not only that, but although, like, we've been talking about, Rich said last week that Bills have – past their injuries and have fixed their defense. And that's been true, but now we're just kind of at a hump again where maybe Micah Hyde doesn't play on this game. They may maybe down to the third starting safety. Um, we don't know about their cornerback situation as well, as they have a couple cornerbacks, Teron Johnson included, who may be out for this one. So they're once again battling more injuries. Uh, Dak would be the way to go here, if only for his salary relief, uh, across from Josh Allen. But to me, it's either like, At his price, I'm comfortable chasing Tony Pollard, even in a tough spot, if only because, again, he's cheap, and he's kind of getting the Bijan Robinson treatment now where we're seeing 19, 23, and 23 touches the past three games, at least four targets and four straight two since he had that dud against the Giants, I think it was. So I'd probably be going Tony Pollard for his usage, but again, I'm worried about both sides of the ball here for these offenses.
1: Rich, do you like the under 51, fifty one and a half? It, that's what it sounds like. That's what I'm hearing. You're, you're trusting the uh, the defenses here. It's
2: it it's, it's just hot. It's just scary. Like you have to have a lot of courage to bet fifty one in a Josh Allen, Dak Prescott game. Uh, but in, in terms of playing it for DFS, I think I like being underweight in this game compared to the field. I like
3: a, I like Dallas first half team total. Uh, probably if you're on something, I, I think Dallas is still going to score points. They've scored points that everybody. I think they'll find a way to score points. This offense has been just absolutely just scorching uh, now that, you know, Mike McCarthy's kind of figured it out. This is what I thought their offense was going to look like in the summer. Like, I was like, this is how this team is meant to feel, like the opening month of the season. And like, maybe just all the defensive touchdowns and the weird game scripts kind of threw everything off early in the season. Like this is what I thought they were going to look like outside of, you know, Tony Pollard, not being as, Less electric than he than he is right now. Um, but this is what I thought. I thought they were this team was built to play like you know, a spread offense, the throw a lot, and they are. That's what they opened it up. And you know, the CD Lamb has been absolutely incredible. They're playing him everywhere. He's literally running a 50-50 rate inside, outside. What we care about is a slot rate in this game, uh, although we might not have been pending the injuries for the Bills. But I mean, the Bills are getting absolutely crushed by slot receivers uh 28th in yards per target allowed to slot receivers or 29th in touchdown rate uh the only wide receiver with uh, he leads the nfl in slot touchdowns cd lamb the only player the player behind him rasheed rice just caught a touchdown out of the slot against the bills last week so everything sets up for cd lamb i think they just continue to like to be a really positive play uh the rest of the guys are, you know, what you're kind of getting. Jake Ferguson is major, like, kind of red zone equity. Brandon Cooks is touchdown or bust. Like he, you look at his, just look at Brandon Cooks' game log. If he, if he scores a touchdown, he was pretty good. If he doesn't score a touchdown, he was he was completely terrible. Um, and then like Pollard's price is fine. I mean, you just hate like the the, the he's he, he's pulled for Rico Dowdle for a goal line touch. It's a little just. It feels like even when we get there with Tony Pollard, it's not clean. Get there. Yeah. It, it still doesn't feel clean. It doesn't feel right uh still but the touches have been there for him so i'm not going
2: to push back anyone at that price just taking those touches and hope to see where they fall jake ferguson is fun like not that i'm going to get there but the past two weeks now we've seen him talk shit to both jamal adams and whatever eagle wants to run up against him on the sideline like that dude is he's he's the reason they released dalton schultz he's been really good
1: that was the three main games uh do, do we have time to knock out like a player or two at each uh position of you know as far as players that we've not yet talked about games we've not yet talked about i guess we can do them really quickly we kept the people for an hour and 15 minutes because we had to talk about the saturday slate as well we'll talk about a movie briefly in a second as well but uh let's uh i guess we can be brief about this and rich you said that basically
3: that's we're done with quarterbacks anyway are there any quarterbacks left that you want to talk about no, my, my player pull right now, as it's looking in, is like, you know, uh, outside of stacking, you know, Cowboys bills around like stacks in that game. I mean, I'm looking at, you know, kind of Stafford as like your cash, you know, small field guy and looking at Jordan love and I'm looking at Brock Purdy, like it's really, it's really it.
2: Yeah. That's same. Literally the same three for me.
1: All right. Easy enough. Uh, running backs, John,
2: uh, tack on Saquon Barkley, because I know the giants are six point dogs. That's not possible. This Saints team is so horrendous. Ignore what they did against the Panthers, who are somehow more horrendous than the Saints. And uh, Barkley, we talk about his touches, or we talk about Pollard's touches. Barkley just keeps on getting there consistently too, even 20 carries this past week. So um, I'm ignoring the line. I think the Giants are pretty favorable here against the Saints that have been leaking 5.1 yards per carry to opposing running backs out of their bye before, again, they ran into the Panthers' offense, whatever the hell they're doing.
1: Uh, rich running backs. Uh, anybody that we, we should focus on? Anybody we should mention? Uh, I mean, like at this point, the people know about CMC, right? Like, I don't know what we need to say.
2: Like, where he exists. Yes. If they're listening, well, to- the last time
3: the last time CMC played the Cardinals, <laughs> yeah, you know, he had 180 yards and four touchdowns. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> it might be worth that 10-5 and uh, what is the undraft kings uh 9-3. 9-3. Yeah, I mean it might be I think it might be worth it if I can get if I can get 180 yards and four touchdowns.
1: Yeah, um I think you do your absolute best to get them I in mean, your cash games. You know, who knows what it's gonna look like as far as the landscape, all the dominoes falling up until Sunday. But yeah, uh, CMC is spectacular. It's but... become
2: it's become a fun weekly argument, honestly, because it's teammate versus teammate. It's like like last week, for instance, with Brock Purdy, it was like if people are going to get to Christian McCaffrey naturally due to some kind of blowout perceived game script, which it was, maybe I'm trying to soak up all the touchdowns from Brock Purdy instead. And it's kind of the same argument again, because even in that game, last game against the Cardinals brought Purdy average thir- over 13 yards per attempt. He just, uh, he's not the one who scored the touchdown. At one
3: point, I think he was like 20 of 20. I think he threw Yeah. An, like, I, I forget the game, but like I think he set like an all time, the 49ers record for like most completions. He was in a 20 row. of
2: 21 in that game. Yes. So it's like, okay, maybe the touchdowns revert back to him this time. So for tournaments, I still, yeah, I still love the 49ers passing game. It's just like leverage off of Oh,
3: well, the thing about the 49ers right now is that Purdy is no longer a guy that's like efficiently throwing for like 250 passing yards and a couple touchdowns. Like he's hanging 300 yards and like three to four touchdowns now yeah. a week. And that's how all these guys have started to get there. Literally every week, all four guys are getting there now. Uh, every Everyone's along for the ride. And that was not the case early in the season where it'd be like, all right, we know McCaffrey's getting his because he's got the dual usage. Then you have to decide what receiver is going to get there because then the other two guys probably don't get there because there's not enough targets or yardage, but they're just like, Dude, I mean, Purdy's the the last, what is he? Uh, the, the Six games, 315 passing yards per game. He's hit 300 yards in four of his past six games. I mean, absolutely, he's just ripping yardage right now. Like, it's put still. Up-
2: <laughs> moved his salary up. They began last week, um, but that doesn't mean you still can't play it. Like, it's still a great play at that price. Yeah, and same, Cardinals? yeah same on DraftKings. He's just too cheap, honestly, on DraftKings, especially if everyone's going to play Stafford instead. And then um uh not only that, but uh I don't remember my point. Go ahead.
1: So uh I think Fog you know brain. the answer to this. Uh what was that? Fog brain. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you, the name came to you. I thought it popped in your head. No. Um, I think you know the answer to this, but he's currently the second most popular running back hitting in so I yeah. don't want to like play Zeke Elliott this week, do I? Like, do I want to play Zeke Elliott week 15? I think mean, it uh, depends
3: if we get Antonio Gibson or not, but uh, mm-hmm. there's there's some truth to Zeke and there's some false things that happened, right? Like when you look at it last week, like some things that aren't going to happen, right? Like he had a 30, he was targeting 32% of his routes. He had a 31% team target share. There was no Devontae Parker. There was no DeMario Douglas in that game. But also if we go back to last year, it, when one running back has just had this Patriots backfield, like the guy has been kind of decent for fantasy Ramondre stevenson didn't do shit with his targets last year when you look at like yeah. his remote efficiency stance but we kept playing Ram- Ramondre stevenson at the end of last year because he was just going to catch a bunch of passes get enough carries like zeke had 100 of the backfield touches and like that role in that offense like ha- from a usage stance has caught a lot of passes so he's not going to get 31 percent of the team targets and <laughs> You know, he didn't run the ball efficiently at all. Maybe the Chiefs can alleviate that. But then again, are they in the game to run the ball long enough against the Chiefs? Mm-hmm. Even with this version of the Chiefs, should be able to handle the, the Patriots. Because I don't know how the Patriots really score. Like, Zappy ain't throwing three touchdowns against the Chiefs. I know that. So you're not going to get that kind of run out for Elliott. But, I mean, and this role in the offense has been valuable. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want to do it, but it's an interesting From a form perspective that is. Like, you look because, like, Ramondre last year, he didn't do anything with his targets, he just got a bunch of targets.
1: Uh, John, receivers, any receivers we want to run back to, we want to talk about uh, that we should focus on before we close the book.
2: I don't want to get to Justin Fields, but the Browns defense, again, like they kind of were with against Stafford may not be a full unit. Like, they are just dealing with injuries across the board. It seems like we are going to get Denzel Ward back, but it looks like they're going to be on their fourth and fifth starting safeties. They'll also be missing... um a linebacker, another cornerback as well. So I could get to DJ Moore for sure. Last week was a cash game option. I wonder if everyone will gravitate to him in this outdoor game instead. But he's now averaged 21.3 fantasy points and Justin Fields starts. He's just been exploding from fields, especially ever since he returned from injury. So I could see myself getting back to Moore in this game.
3: Rich? Mm, yeah, I feel like that's a trap. I mean, the, the the what the Jaguars did against the Browns was all short field stuff. Like, mm-hmm. It was, it was kind of fluky. Like, the, that game was not as close as the final score indicated. Like, the, they had some turnovers. Maybe that's it. Just Flacco turns the ball over again against this good Bears defense. So, there's the, the way there. Um, yeah, wide receivers, I think we covered most of the guys. I will see if he plays. I mean, it's a great spot for Chris Olave. He didn't practice today, though, so we'll just have to follow it. Uh, like, he has absolutely been awesome against the Blitz this year uh, and against man coverage. So, I know he's, like, everyone's least favorite guy to play because all the air yard stuff. But he's been pretty <laughs> – he's he's had a really solid floor, like, for the last month. He's been kind of getting there. He's, like, he's a touchdown or 100 yards in four straight games. Uh, you know, only A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore have more yards, receiving yards against the Blitz than he does this year. So, indoors, like, I'll be going to him if I can. And we named most of the other guys. I will say Brandon Ayuk is my favorite 49er wide receiver since uh, we kind of did it – we glossed over that. Is uh Rashid Rice, they're
1: still beating that bone, right? They, they, I saw he got an elevation when it comes to routes run. He's on the field a ton more. He's clearly the best he had a person, basically. Yeah. And that's that's not going away, right? That can't go away. Like how would, wouldn't I wouldn't think so? Uh 10 targets, nine targets, ten targets last three weeks. Six one on DK, six five on Vandal, but it's still six five is a good right on
3: FanDuel. Yeah. Um got, got significant touchdown equity, and mm-hmm. you know. You really on FanDuel, because FanDuel is unlike DraftKings. It's like who you're playing at your wide receiver three kind of matters there a lot more than it does on DraftKings. Uh, and no one played Drake London, which was incredible last week. because I, I had 100% Drake London uh, there. So hopefully we run it back. But 6.5 is a really good price on FanDuel. Give me this. Uh, favorite cheap receiver. Uh, the
1: ones that I'm seeing hitting uh, oh, Wando, Wondell Robinson. Uh, Jonathan Mingo. Demarcus Robinson, who did you say?
3: Well, we said Jaden Reed. Oh, yeah besides, a...
1: yeah, besides Reed, I'm talking dirt cheap, dirt, dirt, dirt cheap, but like the 4K stuff.
3: Oh, like Mingo was terrible last
1: week. Yeah. Uh,
3: Demarcus Robinson, the third receiver for the Rams. Does he play? Oh, on? baby. Yeah. I mean, two no, twos in concussion protocol. He didn't practice today. What a time to be
2: alive. Gosh, maybe, yeah, that... maybe, you, maybe you could play Demarcus with. Cup and, and Nakua. <laughs> I will say, if you are going to chase
3: Wandale, this is kind of a really good spot for him. He talked openly about like that was the best he felt like in practice that week, you know, coming off the ACL. He felt like he was explosive coming to that game. Uh, but 50% of the wide receiver catches that the Saints have allowed this season have been from slot receivers, the second highest rate in the NFL. So if you were going to chase Wondell, this would be kind of a week to, to run him back. So you got him ahead of Hyatt for that reason. Uh yes. The Saints have been pretty good against boundary receivers, and we saw that again with Mingo, even though he should have had a touchdown. Bryce left that one on the field, but they've been and they've been they've been pretty good on the outside, kind of the slots where you want to attack them. So yeah, I mean it's not exciting, right? Like that's probably like the just like a six for seventy nine game. That's what you're hoping for.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you're thrilled if you fall in the box, but yeah, it just you want to. It's not so much what that person gets you. It's what, like the you know the players that they help you get as far as the salary relief. Okay. Uh, tight ends, any tight ends that we want to acknowledge. I know we just kind of usually just go to whatever the optimizer says. We're going to tease it before. The optimizer is telling us on a Wednesday night that uh, at least 50% of the lineups are getting David and Joku. Uh, Okungwu is in 41%. Uh, yeah. I John's,
3: figured well at 2.9 and he'd be the dude
1: that was. Yeah. His price didn't change at all either. Right. At that money. Well, he's not player. very
3: good. So. <laughs> no, he's like You kind of right? know Isn't exactly what you're
2: going to get with them. But at 2
3: 9, if you get four catches for 45 <laughs> yeah. yards, you'll be
1: thrilled. Oh, well, like especially on, on this, this slate. Goes.
2: This slate is really bad with tight ends.
1: Ferguson, by the way, hitting 28%. I know you mentioned Ferguson before, uh, John, and then McBride, 14%. Old friend, Trey McBride. Uh, we haven't played him because I didn't play him last week. Well, I guess they were on bye last week, right? But 6 uh, 6 on Fandle, 5 2 on DK. So steadily climbing as far as his price. But anything to add here uh John when it comes to tight ends anybody that's standing out or you know it's tight end and who cares
2: uh, yeah I, well I already mentioned Tucker Kraft with with uh Jordan love if you get there um we lost Hunter Henry since we think we're gonna get into Mario Douglas back this week uh yeah nothing much I think just what you said pretty much clear covers it Rich you got anything I mean Darren Waller is five five on Fandle. If we get him, yeah,
1: yeah. Why would they bring him back? I know it sounds like a dumb question, but like is, are they they're in they're
3: in the playoff hunt. We and they, about Dayball it. and Dayball's in like the opposite scenario, right? Like Dayball's not in the tank mode. Like he's out here trying to get wins, man. Like that's you know. I'm 38 it? used to have this thing that would say like their percent chance of making the playoffs. Where I,
1: I'm trying to find that. Is that well, listen? My really son
3: back? is back in. My son has been out on the Giants. He was on the like team Caleb all year. <laughs> and now the last they beat the Patriots and they kicked that fuel against the Panthers. He's running my office. He's like a back baby. Like we're back.
2: Hell yeah. You <laughs> gotta get you gotta get him a Tommy DeVito jersey for Christmas. Dude, you didn't DeVito's make him a Cleveland fan? Devito's like, fun. He, he
3: didn't he, he's, he's not, not a Cleveland it. fan. No, dude, I mean, I, I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not a Browns fan, so I didn't push that on him. So, oh okay, uh, yeah. I told I told the story when he started liking football, his favorite player was Victor Cruz, and he's that's right. With, he's stuck with it. Yeah, he's, he's a big Victor Cruz fan and is stuck with them. Is Devito gonna like be a backup in the NFL for that like couple of years? Yeah, ago? Like,
1: is he bought himself that? Like, good for him. But sure. Um, third string or second? String? I mean, whatever it is. Like, if he sticks around, uh, uh but like, he's, he's gonna be able to buy a house. Room. I know that. Who uh who plays Tommy DeVito in like the Invincible story they make in a couple years? <laughs> who's who's acting as so and so as Tommy DeVito? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. A young we got like, like a young Mark Wahlberg. I don't know who that is, but uh,
3: I'm Just, curious who plays? Yeah, Shalomay. We get Shalomay to play. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just wait he because uh, feel very footbally. Next, no, next, next week if he goes. Neither does go DeVito,
3: play. to be honest. No.
2: <laughs> if DeVito goes into Philadelphia next week and knocks off the Eagles, my God, he's gonna be a, a hero in New York.
1: He's gotten more uh juice out of this than yeah, I would have expected, and good, good for, him. for him. And he's fun, yeah. Yeah, it, it's fun if nothing else. I mean, it's not my team, but uh, you know, and it's it's just great, it's a great little story. Okay, uh that <laughs> is the end of the week. Uh that's we're done with football. We'll talk briefly about the movie that we watched and then uh John is going to assign us a movie as well. Yeah. Uh producer Steve was not with us last week so he did not watch the movie. Producer Rob, I believe he either watched the movie or he didn't watch the movie. Either way, he's uh he's ill so he's not gonna be able to uh discuss it. The show us, was down bad
2: this week. It was <laughs> <They're laughs> the raw, show Rich was unavailable rage. to watch this weekend movie. yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. two of us well, I just, yeah, you know
3: what? I, I, usually, I can get to them on Wednesdays. If I miss, like, if I if I don't get to it on the weekend, on a Saturday, but I had something happen at the end of last week. My wife had people in from out of town on Saturday, and then there was no buys this week, so I didn't get done until later in the afternoon. So it, I was I was down real bad, man.
1: That is a, yeah. So I can just like you know call John. I'm up gonna watch. It. I'm gonna, it amongst amongst to watch it, I gonna make it a point
3: to watch it though. I still gonna make it a point to watch it.
2: Is right, it, so we, do you want spoil us to spoil it or don't spoil yeah, it? Yeah, we, like, does we that not spoil it then?
3: We shouldn't spoil it then. Do we spoil or do we not spoil? Like, we can we mix it. How about, how about this? Since Rob watched it, we double dip and we do a double movie review next week. Okay, that works. And just, okay. just end the show now.
2: Yeah, I still got. Well, we got, we, we got to yeah. pick a movie. Yeah,
3: that's no, fine. Because yeah, we
2: we we'll all want to get back. To, I want to get back to sleep because I still want to. I want to be.
3: I want to hold up my end of the 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 bar the arrangement as well. You don't. I don't want to be be like like Steve. Steve, I don't be like Steve who just quit. Steve quit (laughs) in like week three. He made us watch Space Jam and just quit. I hope you're you're listening to Steve. (laughs) He hasn't watched. He hasn't done. He hasn't participated. He just like let
2: Rob just come in and just kick him out. Yeah. Steve, you could always like make this a five person committee at the end. Steve
3: Steve would have loved Ninja Turtles too. Also, Steve. I'm just on the record. Steve, you would have loved Ninja Turtles. By the way, uh, the chat
1: is joining us and having some fun as far as uh, the casting, casting yeah. the, the movie for us. Uh, Chris Pratt as the uh, Paul Giamatti is the agent <laughs> sure. is spectacular. I Also love that. his
3: agent, his agent represents a bunch of dudes. I saw someone like talking about because I was like the first time, like I guess like he's gotten like camera notoriety or whatever. But like yeah. he's like been like an actor. like he's like an a real agent that's been around and like
2: he looks like a Martin Scorsese actor.
3: Yeah, yeah, he looked like a comic book character, like like a yeah. like a. It this, it's perfect. Yeah.
1: It's perfect. Yeah, a caricature almost. Like if you wrote that, it's like this is not. You're you're being too fictitious. Like let's try to be creative. It's yeah, straight no from *Sopranos*, say. man. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, James Gandolfini's kid played in the uh, *Sopranos* prequel. Maybe he's available. I don't know. Um, but hey, uh, we're we're gonna put uh, our movie conversation on hold outside of selecting a movie for us to watch, and it'll be a double feature next week. Uh, John, you said you have a, you won the contest. You said you have three movies for us to choose from and mm-hmm. discuss. What do you got?
2: So everyone, you now have another week to watch 2021 silent night with Kira Knightley. Just write that down. And then when we come back, you will also hear about, and you should watch over the next week, either first choice, because if last week's theme was holiday, but trying to get it Right since Fat Man left us all wanting more. (laughs) Still not sure we got it right, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, Let's keep on streaming in December. So I just looked up what's the best things that have started streaming this month, maybe to catch three titles that all of us haven't seen just yet. And so the first option would be Merry Little Batman, which Rich may have already seen. I'm not sure. But it's the animated Batman for the holidays that just released on Amazon Prime, I believe, a couple weeks ago. I I think it's more directed towards young adults and teenagers, but it is supposed to be a fun, comical holiday Batman.
1: You're not going to believe this, John, but I've not seen Merry Little Batman. Yeah, I figured you (laughs) have. How about, Rich, have you seen Merry Little Batman?
2: I have not. Okay, that's (laughs) one. The next one is The Sacrifice Game. And all I know about this, Dean, is that it says, did you like the holdovers? Would you like the holdovers if it was a horror? And that's the, that's the description of the Sacrifice game. So there's that. And we all have talked about the holdovers. And then third would be Wes Anderson's Asteroid City, which just released on Amazon Prime last night, actually.
1: I saw it on Peacock like a month month ago or so. Yeah. I uh, don't get me started on Wes Anderson. Like he is the definition of mid for me. I don't I don't see it, I don't get it. <laughs> don't I, get I know you started Wes Anderson.
2: Hot. Because What's literally that? I said don't get you started but you literally came out the gates hot because the only reason it's on Amazon Prime right now is the same people because obviously everyone either loves or hates Wes Anderson. There's no one in the between. Um the people that love Wes Anderson, that's the entire reason it came back. Because it was on Peacock, I believe, in August. And then it got taken down, and everyone went into an uproar. And then that's why they stuck it on another streaming service instead. I'll
1: tell you, the cast was incredible, though, for Asterix City. Incredible. Yeah, it's, it's uh, just an, a spectacular cast. Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Jason Schwartzman, Ed Norton, Adrian Brody, Leif Shriver. It's stacked. Uh, Steve Carell's in it. Matt Dillon, just for fun. Willem Dafoe, Margot Robbie, I mean, everyone, insane. Everybody wants to work for this guy. Uh, I I don't get. Do you have a favorite Wes Anderson movie that you can assign to me one of these times? Because I think I'm gonna watch the uh,
2: the Life Aquatic. I I, I gotta get Ooh, that yeah, one yeah, another yeah. chance. I, I was gonna say that's my favorite actually. I think okay. I, I love uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox.
3: George okay. Clooney. Is that George yes. Clooney? Yes, yeah, I love that movie.
1: Okay. Maybe I have to give it another chance, but like my, in my limited experience with him, I, I found him to be.
3: I of, do like Life Aquatic yeah.
1: too. too, and uh, Rushmore, right? I got to watch that one again too. I know people love Rushmore and I remember seeing it many years ago, but it hasn't stuck I, with I, me.
3: I will time. say I do find of Bombs over, maybe I need to revisit that because I did, I used to find of Bombs overrated. So maybe I need, to, I haven't seen it in a long time. I it.
2: agree. I thought it was really bad when I first watched it, but I've heard it ages really well.
3: That's why I said maybe I need. I, I was just thinking I haven't seen it probably in over a decade. I didn't yeah. dislike it. I just didn't think it was as amazing as other people. But so I do like three. Fantastic, Fantastic, Mr. Fox, Life Aquatic, Rushmore, would be my three. You, you most recently
2: saw Asteroid City, Dean? No, I, I have saw, not. I have not yeah. seen Asteroid City. What if What if I changed it to Life Aquatic, and then you could pick from those three? um i'd rather watch life aquatic again than asteroid city i haven't even seen asteroid city
1: so it's life aquatic uh the batman thing or the one that's a spinoff of the paul giamatti movie not a spinoff but (laughs) it's like inspired by
2: yes those are the unofficial three titles of the movies (laughs) i didn't write them all down it was off the dome (laughs) very little batman the sacrifice game or life aquatic what
3: is the sacrifice game you got my curiosity with that that sounds like something that Dean's saying. Okay, real quick, let me sidebar you, Dean, about Sean Stilato, uh, Tommy DeVito's agent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he was a former – he played several several years in the Arena Football League. Uh, okay. He he was the agent for Alfred Morris. Remember Alfred Morris? Morris? Running back for Washington. In the Cowboys. Yeah, Sean Drone. Uh, Chris Manhertz, who you brought up earlier on wow. the show. <laughs> yeah, I call him Ty Smith, the guy for the Seahawks. Yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah, pretty interesting here. Good for him, man, and living his best living his best life.
1: Yeah. Um. So I, I'm good with whatever, whatever you want to go with, Rich. I, I'm a uh, I'm open to whatever movie. I
3: uh, am along for the ride here. Uh, wherever I mean, I definitely could watch any of those. I I like Life Aquatic a lot. I've not seen it in a while, but I remember thoroughly enjoying it. I'm happy to give it a shot. I I
1: I will retract my rant on Wes Anderson. I'm a sucker
3: for when Defoe does comedy. Like we don't get a lot of Defoe comedy, and like when Defoe like gets to actually do comedy stuff, it's fun. Let's do it then. Let's do Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic. It is.
1: uh, And yeah, if you guys are playing at home, watch Life Aquatic, and also watch. And we're gonna do a double feature. We'll talk about. Uh, myself and John, we watched Silent Night. Now, this is not the Silent Night that's current in theaters. It's the Silent Night. It's on AMC Plus. If you have AMC Plus, or you got to splurge. And I, I was going to do the seven-day free trial of AMC Plus, but there's no way I'm going to remember to cancel that. And, I mean, <laughs> and like, you got to set it on like, your phone. You're... Like, like three years, i will be like, what? What is this AMC Plus have been paying for for the last three years? And yeah, we're trying, like trying to
3: catch up on uh, whatever spinoff of Walking Dead they're on, the seventeenth one.
1: Yeah. Oh man. I It's uh and don't get me in a walking the dead rant, but I'm finally out of the universe. I'm out. I'm out. They, they've let enough money out of me.
2: How far, how far, you get, how
1: far did you get? Well, I watched the entire original series and like, it was good for like seven years, but it, and then it just, it fell yeah. off the rails. It kind of corrected itself, but they also like, you know, it was pointing no return, 88 miles per hour. It, it can only be so good because they ruin things, I guess you can say, but I, I don't want to get on the, the walking dead
2: rant. Did you I, watch walking
1: dead? yeah
2: yeah oh yeah i i always wanted to get to the prison which i know is very early compared to where they're at now but uh prison from the graphic novels were always my favorite favorite scene and segment and so we got to the prison we got out from the warden and then um you know i think i gave it a one or two more seasons after that but it was very clear it was going to be like the late episodes of the office where it was just gonna be a money grab from that point forward and the story's just gonna keep on going on it's like okay i can't do this i can't follow this show and there's there was like a point when they off shoots, too.
3: There was a point where they changed showrunners. Uh, yes, man. And I cannot think of the the woman that took over, but like she Multiple brought it back, she brought it back and like made it like a horror show for like two seasons. And then you could mm-hmm. tell where the, like AMC intervened and like had her. they were like, you gotta set up all these other spin-offs and they got trash again. like absolute hot garbage.
2: Although I don't know if you would have played it, Dean. Uh, but did y'all ever play? The Naughty Dog Walking Dead um adventure game. I'm
3: aware
1: of no, it. It's a, tell, uh, it's a
3: telltale game.
2: Telltale game, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Did you play that?
3: With Clem, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, that one was really good. Yeah, sounds that really good. good. That was Real the it, it helped set up Last of Us because Last of Us did it better. But uh the, the Walking Dead Telltale was really good.
1: Yeah, Last of Us also uh, a naughty dog production. Uh are we excited about the Grand Theft Auto, by the way? Are we are we gonna be a uh... I Guess we talked Gosh,
3: about the software yes, last week, didn't of we? Are. Yeah, it's like a whole year, though, a year right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a whole year way. Dean, they're re-releasing Last of Us 2 a remaster with some stuff that uh that wasn't released in the original game, I believe, in January. Oh. I saw that. Like, am I gonna have to buy the game again? Like, how much more are they possibly? Oh, yeah, they're that? trying to Just get enough? Yeah, they're trying, they're trying to get that 50 bucks from you, Dean. Oh, geez, <laughs> unbelievable. I recommend right. that you play with your since you have a PS5 now, yeah. Play Ghost of Tsushima because it's absolutely just – it's breathtaking the way it looks. Yeah, I'm it's on the list.
1: It's on the list for sure. I'll yeah. have to check it out. I did buy a, a couple games during a Black Friday. A and God War
3: experience. DLC came out this week too. You can get to that. Oh, my gosh. The, the, the offseason can't come fast enough for you, Rich. I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four weeks, man. I got stuff to do.
1: Tell the people where they can find you, Rich, uh, if they're not aware. They are aware. But there's, like, one guy. Like, where, where can I get more from Rich?
3: Uh, Sharp Up Analysis. I mean, I know people aren't buying fantasy subs right now. But, you know, obviously, <laughs> we've been on an app. Abs- – I'll tell you what, though. We've been on an absolute just demon-type heater since, like, since November. Not just my stuff, but, like, Warren's stuff. Like, we've it's just been absolutely just printing. So there's four weeks left. If anyone cares, check some stuff out. As far as like props, sides, totals that we're talking everything, about everything, literally everything. Like there's not been a miss among us. All right, you're on fire. Uh, Tell the people, John. Where can they find you?
2: You can join me and Rich's son in the chat, telling us that <laughs> Last of Us Two, if you have it already, it's only a ten dollar upgrade in January for oh. the additional content. So there you go. That's why he's never leaving your house, Rich, because he knows stuff like this. And then also yeah. not Jay Daigle on Twitter. Uh, yeah, the redraft, redraft streets, you're already in the playoffs. You can just DM me if you have start-set questions. We're at that point of the year. So good luck the rest of the way.
1: In the chat, they're saying Frank Darabont was the good showrunner for The
3: Walking Dead. He was the one for the first season. the end of. He was,
1: there was a, really but
2: there day. was a woman that took over.
3: Like, Yeah. Oh, gosh, it, man, I feel bad that I don't remember her name because uh, I know it too. Yes, uh, but I know Darabont got, got into a
1: big dispute with uh, The Walking Dead. He ended up uh, – there was a lawsuit. It was a big disaster. Yeah, he, he was, was like tonight. part of the
3: original creators.
2: Oh, man.
3: killing
1: Yeah. Me, man. If killing only there me. was a machine where we can type this in, and like maybe the answer would just pop up, Rich. We'll have to do that off air before we say our goodbyes. With that, though, uh that is going to be the Week 15 Pick 6 show for John, for Producer Steve, Producer Robbie's not here, for Rich. For uh Mark Grace, who else do we miss? For for uh Tommy DeVito. I need to drop a
3: tight end. That's what I feel like we missed. I didn't we didn't get to
1: drop a tight end. Oh yeah, yeah. you have to go like 70s because we've been kind of slowly working back from nineties to eighties. Uh a tight end from the seventies. I don't know. Uh I got nothing off Kellen Winslow or something like that. He's too popular though. He's too good. It's gotta be somebody off the board.
2: It's probably it's probably Jimmy Graham because Rich was down for the count all weekend long, but then somehow <laughs> rose back from the dead and showed up for this show.
1: That is respect, that respect Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Good for hey, him. He, he's still getting his touchdowns, man. Respect yeah. for sure. I keep playing the wrong New Orleans tight end 17 weeks in a row. That was Rich. That was John. That was Dean. I was Dean. This was Roto Grinders. Win something this week. We're out of here. Oh.